Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Craig Doyle, and this is the Rugby Tonight podcast. On this week's show, we welcomed ex-England and Leicester Tigers flanker Lewis Moody to take stock of all the recent international action, as well as look ahead to England's final game of the Autumn Series against Australia. Here's the best of our Rugby Tonight insight and analysis from Austin Healy, Ben Kay, Sarah Elgin and our studio guest. Welcome, Lewis Moody. Thank you. How are you? Wonderful, thank you. Good. See, I'm being nice to you, but I know if I should, actually, because let me take you back to the World Cup, because you put your house on Airbnb, and um, <laughs> when you were writing a nice little article welcoming people to come and purchase or stay in your house, you put everyone's welcome, except for pets and Welsh people in Welsh jerseys. <laughs> and the Aussies. I did and say the, the Aussies Did you say the well. Aussies as yeah, well? Sure. That's not very nice, is it? Well, it was just a, it was just a bit of banter at the time, <laughs> but, you know, there, there, was, uh, there was the Australia and um, Wales match going on, but also Gareth Thomas was doing the same. Uh, on the okay. other side, we had, a, we had an interesting uh, photo shoot. Yeah, but also you want only people who can afford it. You don't <laughs> want people just coming around yeah, to look exactly, around, do you? Exactly. <laughs> I stayed there. I stayed, I stayed a night or two. Tried on all your underwear, tight. <laughs> tight and friendly. Weird. <laughs> Wrong drawer. Sorry, how embarrassing. Um, good to have you with us here. Uh, we're going to talk about all things rugby tonight, obviously, with you. But we should start with England. Big, big test match against Australia this weekend. And uh, a lot of chat about the team. How do you think they've fared so far? And let's speculate about who's going to start. Oh, I think it's, you know, it's, it's been a fantastic series. You know, I've, I've loved watching, uh, watching Ben Young so far. Um, you know, obviously an old stalwart from Leicester, but, but he's been fantastic this series. Chris Robshaw... You know, from uh, from having played against him and not being disrespectful, you know, as a player, but I, I never thought he'd quite make it as an international. And sometimes, as players, you just need to be given the opportunity. And Chris has has really taken the chance with with both hands, and and is such a important character within that side now. Th- this is going to sound a bit mad, considering lads that he was England captain. But do you think he's only kind of made it as an England? player over the last kind of couple of years <laughs> or certainly the last year since the World <laughs> Cup since the turnaround I think part of the problem is and, and Eddie Jones has been very clever having said he's not a good enough number seven he has then come in and realised his strengths probably actually at the time didn't realise the, the extra work that he didn't do so he wasn't the guy that would come in and make, make loads of turnovers in a game but his work rate is, is above anyone else's in, in the team and I think it's taken Eddie working with him to realise that but also having said we're going to take you out of that number seven where everyone's expecting you to make t- turnovers. They've allowed him to play his natural game. And, and I think probably where he suffered was England had a lot of number sixes when he first came into the team. We didn't have out-and-out sevens, which is why he sort of got shoehorned into that role. It wasn't without his drama, of course, with Elliot Daly's uh, red card. Um, no, it was never a red. <laughs> 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 um, so he was the first England back 
ever to be red carded at Twickenham. Funnily enough, we have the only other player to ever be red carded at Twickenham here too, Lewis Moody. Yeah, but I have to I defend him. Gonna... Say, yeah. I have to defend him because Daly got red carded because of the outcome, right? And the, the fact that, that he landed on his head. But Mudos got sent off for punching, but there was no outcome at all from that because he missed him. He <laughs> should still be there. I went with quantity over quality <laughs> when, uh, when I was going. And it was for against it. a teammate. Well, not not right. on the day, obviously, but for for club at the time, yeah, it was. Uh... Was there any point during that, as you're throwing like the sixth punch, you went, "I probably shouldn't be hitting <laughs> Alessandro Tuilagi because he's massive." <laughs> no, mate. You know what it's like on the pitch. That, that the worst bit about that though was, so I did throw quite a few punches, um, as Austin said, about thirty. But my opposite number. On, on the day was Semo Satiti and, uh, and me and Alassane obviously got sent off but Semo uh, threw about seven punches and I know that because they all landed directly on the end of my, end of my nose and, uh, <laughs> and he didn't even get a warning or a yellow card or anything so it's probably a uh, moral of the story there. Um, we want to get hand. your views on bad fighting, obviously, which you've done. We also want to talk <laughs> about England back rows. We'll deal with that a little bit later on, but let's just look ahead. Crystal balls out. Australia this weekend. Um, it could be a historic win for England. Uh, how's it going to go, boys? <laughs> Anyone? <laughs> oh, oh, really? That well? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll tell you what, it's been the first time for a while where the press has been really good leading up to an international. Mm. Both sides getting stuck into each other. There's been a lot of stuff about Dan Cole, which is probably a little bit too far. But I like the fact that they're laying the cards on the table and they're saying, we want to smash you at the weekend. We've waited to get some revenge for that series in, in, uh, in the summer and you guys want to smash us as well. That's what rugby's about. Don't be scared to say it. Don't be scared to openly say we want to get stuck into you because it really adds to the tension. You go there now as a supporter and you'll be able to feel that tension. And that's one of the main reasons I'm looking forward I to it. But to answer your question, I think England will win. I think England should win with the, with the um, momentum they've got going into the game. But if there's one team that you'd be scared of that can cut you apart and score a number of tries if everything clicks, it's Australia. They've got fantastic back line. England will fancy it up front. And, and I think that's where Eddie Jones is... Starting that war in the press at the moment is trying to make it a, a forwards battle with the referee on their side. Um, but, but, you know, you'd be, still be scared of the Australian back line. But Czech is a passionate man, isn't he? You know, and if, yeah. if you start seeing all that stuff being thrown around by Eddie Jones, that'll be properly firing up in the camp. You can imagine him getting the, the Aussie forwards ready to go for that game at the weekend. It's going to be such a quality game. I'm genuinely excited, but I, I'm with Austin that it'll be an England win. One thing's for sure, you won't be able to get a drink in Covent Garden. <laughs> um, plenty of, I shouldn't talk about boozing, but the amount of boozing we'll be doing over the Six Nations is always incredible. Come uh, St. Patrick's Day when England play Ireland in that final game, it could be a decider. We'll talk about that in just a few moments, but uh, Sarah, this uh, new bonus point system is got an interesting new layer to the Six Nations, isn't it? Yeah, lads, what's your take on it? Because, I mean, they've been calling for this for a while, or certain, certain areas have been calling for a point system. Do you think it's a good thing? <laughs> I think it is. I think it's quite exciting. I think the games that generally are exciting anywhere in the Six Nations, they've got a history to them. They have a certain gravitas that you go and watch them and you watch them in a different sense than you do the Autumn Internationals. It's more against your local foes and it's a, there's a little bit more sort of, like you said, a little bit more drinking and celebrating off the field with the opposition. So when English guys go to Dublin, they'll go and have a beer in the local bars. They'll go and mix in with everyone and the same when you know, the Welsh come up to Scotland and vice versa. But you don't really get that in the Autumn International games. And that's why I think the Six Nations is so special. This will 
breed more tries. It will make it more exciting. There's a there's a little bit of a mathematical problem I, I know going around you. in your head right now. <laughs> no. um, You're the mathematician. <laughs> well, sorry. Just because he's told you he can do maths, it doesn't mean he can't. <laughs> he is not a mathematician. Well, strictly speaking, I think my maths don't ask me. My maths definitely don't ask me. But um, no, if you uh, you could conceivably win all your games and still not finish top of the table. So the the top side now, if you win all of your games but only by four points, doesn't matter. You just get an extra three bonus points for a grand slam. What that means is a side that comes second could get five, five, five and five, score 20 points and two bonus points in their last game, taking them to 22. But the side that wins all five of their games with four points only gets to 20. So they've had to award that three point grand slam bonus to stop a side from winning the tournament without winning all of their games. It's amazing that you made something that they brought in to make the tournament more exciting. So boring. It's just a script you wrote for me. I just read it I memorised it before. Basically, it's the premiership rules, though. You get it. You get try bonus, losing bonus points, and all that malarkey. But yeah. it'd be even more exciting if there was if there was relegation as well. So if there was another tier of teams that could then come up, which which might put the fear of God into Scotland and, and Italy, but it, but it'd certainly promote them and their performances. Who would you like? Would, would Georgia be the the, the, the team you think De should definitely come up, yeah. Georgia? You know, yeah. they've they've been pushing hard for a long time now. I mean, we played them back in 2003 for the first time. They're a physical outfit. They really do test you. Okay. Well, One step gonna... at a time, I guess. What's no. that? One step at a time. One step at a time. That's right. There has been a bit of a war of words in the press this week. Eddie Jones has said we are very keen to speak with the referee about Australia's scrummaging. They have issues with it, and I will invite their coaching team to come along. It should be fun. I would like to be involved yeah. in that, actually. <laughs> um, Checker then replied with um, Eddie Jones's vitriolic Australia comments tarnish his legacy. So, Ben, I mean, what, what, Eddie Jones obviously got beef with the Australian scrum. What, what exactly is his problem? What, what's uh, his Eddie issue? Jones, I'm not sure how much of a beef he's got. He um, isn't renowned for his mind games. If you think back to the summer tour that first test the first blood was drawn by England at the scrum in my mind and Cole who had, had a bit of a tough time in the World Cup got his own back on Scott Seo um, and I think that's where Eddie Jones is looking the loose head side Scott Seo got yellow carded in that first test was dropped for the second test he's probably the more athletic ball carrier so I think maybe uh, Eddie Jones just putting an element of doubt into Michael Checker's mind obviously Everyone, everyone around here has been talking about England. I think Ireland have probably been the, the team that have come out of it best. I think, think that performance against New Zealand, backing it up, which is, which is huge again. Um, and then the, the, I just think that they, will, they would have worried about losing all their big-name stars a few years ago. And we thought there'd be a transition period. It's been a lot shorter transition period than some of the Northern Hemisphere teams have had. They're right back up there. They will fancy the Six Nations, particularly with how the fixtures fall, getting England at the end. I think France as well have done really well. Um, although they haven't won them, we thought France might actually fall apart with what's happened over the last few years. They've lost a couple of games, but a couple of games uh, narrowly. I, th I think they could be very much back in it for the Six Nations. And we know how much Scotland have improved as well. Um, just want to quickly, just very, very quickly ask about how Ireland reacted to, to losing so many players against Australia and still putting in that performance. That's something Ireland wouldn't have been able to do, you know, not so many years ago. Yeah, well, we saw it in the, in the win in Chicago as well. You lose Sexton, most sides would fall apart. But I think it showed that uh, the coaching's going particularly well. Well done. Well done. Um, I don't coach them. Uh, <laughs> you've got part to play. Uh, and also that they've got a lot of players now in the backup. So you can't win the Six Nations and you can't get into the top four of the world rankings if you've only got 20 top players. Ireland now have probably got 
closer to 30, in much the same way that England are looking in that bracket as well. France in, in the same. Uh, Scotland, if they lose some of their frontline players, are in trouble. And Wales in particular are probably the side that comes out of this autumn series in, in the worst state, even though they beat a, an average South African side in the last match. Yeah, I think that's what worries Wales, um, Lewis, as a nation, is uh, despite being three from four um, these autumns, there is still a real sense of unfulfillment. Do you understand why that would be? Yeah, they've just not quite fired, have they? they they've, not, they've not got into gear, you know. Tipperick's a wonderful replacement for Warburton. Obviously, losing the captain going into that match wasn't ideal. But one of the things, you know, the boys talking about Ireland, one of the things I really enjoyed about Ireland's win was the last 20 minutes. You know, New Zealand came back so, so heavily. You sort of, you were waiting for Ireland to completely capitulate. But actually, they stood firm. And the confidence they'll take out of winning that game will really propel them forward now. And, and you talk about going into Six Nations, you know, that, that mix of seeing Ireland and, and England going head to head will, will be awesome. I don't think Wales will. Feature, I think frankly. it's that mindset, the mindset that Ireland showed in Chicago and England have shown probably throughout the last 12 months actually to go out there and win a game. You know, a lot of sides go into internationals and talk about three, six, nine, building a score. Ireland were at their best when they said, we're not bothered about the three points, we'll go to the corner, we'll drive you over, you try and stop us. You know, that first game, was it five tries from set piece? And I think that, that really, they're trying to instill that now with a bonus point in the Six Nations. And almost, you don't need it for the top two sides. England and Ireland go out there to score tries anyway. I think, I think when New Zealand came back at them at Lansdowne Road, I know they lost the game. They will feel robbed with some of the decisions. I know a lot of people in Ireland feel robbed. But it was the manner that actually, in Chicago, you could say New Zealand didn't play that well for New Zealand. In, in Dublin, I thought New Zealand played some fantastic yeah. rugby. They put some, and they didn't panic. That first few minutes when they were on the ropes, Alan just came back at them, and that, that's a strong side coming forward and getting better. I'm looking at the lads from London Scottish going, uh, any chance? <laughs> it's been pretty good for Scotland, though, you know, narrowly losing to Australia. It's been, it's been an OK uh, autumn for them, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, so it's just yeah, one result would have you know, turned it around. It would have been a yeah. great autumn series. You haven't got a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Can you hear? He's not with us, Dave. <laughs> 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 a lot, a lot <laughs> more sense. But he was saying, but for one result, it would have been a good clean sweep. Yeah, yeah. I think the, this, the, Scots are, the Scots are quite underrated, you know, they, they do have such a small player pool, you know, two professional teams, and the fact that they even, you know, still contend on that international stage is credit to them, but, you know, for me, there'll be a bit of a dark horse during the Six Nations. So this is how the table looks before we get going again on Friday night. Saracens still top, Wasps in second with Bath in third. Bristol at the bottom, they've got another losing bonus point. So they're on four, they're only six behind Worcester now. You know something, that is going to be a battle all the way through the season. Keep your eyes on that, it's going to be really dramatic. Interesting though, Quinns are now in sixth position, just latching on to the top four. If they had lost that game, they could have been ten points behind the top four. A very different story. Such a crucial part of the season, isn't it really? Yeah, it is a really important part of the season, isn't it? Because like Craig said, had they lost that, they would have really slipped down but now they're in the mix and they seem to be building a little bit of momentum yeah I think you look at the table as a whole traditionally this period has always been about the teams that give a lot of players to the international sides can they hold on through them and stay in touch stay where they want to be I think Saracens will be delighted how the autumn's gone for them having lost so many of their key players um, and then for the other guys it's an opportunity to chip away at that lead and get some momentum so that when those international boys come back to the other teams you're actually on the front foot and you can, you can kick on I think Bristol will be pretty happy as the last how the last few weeks have gone, particularly with that huge game coming up over the Christmas period against Worcester. Uh, Saints kind of going in the under direction at the moment, Oz. Uh, not great on the weekend and highlighted, I guess, by Kieran Brooks' red card. Crazy mad moment, really, wasn't it? Yeah, often when the pressure's on and things aren't going particularly well, players... Look at, did he lose his head or is he just unfortunate with where he hits? 
I don't know. It's it's clearing out. He's got to make more of an effort to get his shoulder and his arm into the tackle and not target the head. I think on another day, would he have got a red card and a two-week ban? I'm not so sure. But it's sometimes things just go against you. And when you are in that situation, you think everything's up against you. And when you're at the top of the league, you just think you're unlucky. So... I think it's, it's a difficult season for Northampton and I don't know how they turn it around. Callum Green also got sighted and he got a one-week ban, but what's your view on Saints at the moment, your old rivals from these Midlands? I think, I think Austin hit the nail on the head, you know, that frustration you know, when things aren't going for you, you know, when you're not getting the wins, when, when form's not, not with you, the frustration manifests itself in, in sort of stupid acts on the pitch and, and we're seeing that across the board. Um, a couple of weeks ago was it, was it Callum Clark as well had, a, had, a, had an incident, so... Um, I think I think for for Saints they just need to they need to go back to the dressing room regroup a little bit and just calm down and get back to to, to the sort of rugby they they can and have been playing. You got a Saints fan over your shoulder nodding. And holding, away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he should agree. Yeah. He should agree. This lot wouldn't even wear, they wouldn't even wear their Saints jerseys tonight. This lot they wore their England jerseys. But there you go. Now um, I guess there's a lot of talk uh, about where George Ford future lies, and uh, this week Nick Mullins went to speak to Freddie Burns about it. The idea of Bath and Leicester swapping George Ford and you is is, is quite a major headline, isn't it? Um, yeah. Is there is there any truth in that? Well, so, not that I know of. Um, but like I said, for me, I think the main thing for me is in and the mentality I have to it is the club will always do what the club deems best for the club. Is it tough to always have to justify your position at, at a club? Then it's not it's not great, but. One thing I've learnt from my time at Gloucester, obviously, and the, and the saga that went there when, when I left, is not to let it distract me. You know, what will be will be. The club will make their decision. When they make that decision, I'll make my decision. It's a story that's developing fast, because like a week or two ago, everyone thought he was going to sail. Now the mumblings are about Leicester. But a lot of people are saying to me, why would George Ford leave Bath? And I guess when your father was the boss there and he gets fired, anyone, no matter what job you're in, would probably find that quite a difficult workplace. I, I wonder, yeah. is that playing a part? I think people sort of have misread George a bit. I think they sort of think that if he is going to move, then it's toys out of the pram stuff. George isn't motivated by money. He, he's... he's got quite firm views on things so I think if, if he feels that his dad's been tr treated badly he, he wouldn't want to play for, the, for that team so maybe that's why the, the rumours have started. Uh, in terms of what Freddie said there I really feel for Freddie that, that he's having to justify himself because actually he went to Leicester with a bit of a cloud over him that is he, is he going to be a 10 that can actually manage a game and things. He's worked amazingly hard. He's played really well for Leicester. He's forced himself to be the, the, the number one 10 at Leicester at the moment with Owen Williams outside him. You know, he might not go. I think probably the rumours have started because he's a Bath lad. His, his, his family still live, live down in that neck of woods and, and maybe there's a, a fit that, well, they could do a swap. Whether there's any truth in it, I don't think any of the t clubs are allowed to speak to George Ford at the moment yet till January anyway, so we'll have to, uh, we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. Lewis Moody, Hi. you have a little uh, present for us I here. Do. Um, this is very, very, thank you very much. Is it in small? No, it's <laughs> not. Small. Um, this is the Lewis Moody Foundation sweatshirt, and you like to have big challenges. Last year was about the North Pole, but you have something brilliant coming up now in December. What's going on? 
Yeah, so we're, uh, we're heading off to Vietnam and Cambodia and doing a thousand kilometers uh, across down the, the Vietnam coast and then uh, across into Cambodia, ending up at Angkor Wat. And uh, all, all the money that we, that we raise through the Lewis Moody Foundation, we give to the Brain Tumor Charity. And each year, uh, a project in particular. So this year is the HeadSmart campaign, which is about early diagnosis, getting more HeadSmart cards into GPs, doctors, schools, surgeries, etc., so that it can be diagnosed and picked up much quicker. A thousand kilometers in that heat on those roads. I mean, we're not talking about lovely tarmac here, are we? It's going to be a tough old challenge, isn't it? Well, yeah. You know, I don't particularly like cycling either, to be honest. The last time I did it, we went John O'Groats to Land's End, and, and let's just say my undercarriage was, was slightly affected for, for about <laughs> three or four months uh, afterwards. Um, and it's not a particularly large undercarriage either. So, but um, it's, uh, it's going to be an awesome challenge. We've got 14 guys doing it with us. Um, Alan Chambers, who, who took us to the North Pole, will be, will be leading us. Um, and you know it's it's for just for such a good cause. You know, for those for those of you who don't know, brain tumors are the biggest cancer killer of, of children and adults under the age of 40. So whenever we do a challenge, every single penny that we raise, we give to the brain tumor charity. And like I said, this year is targeted at that HeadSmart campaign. Why are you still prepared to put yourself through so much pain after a career of slamming into people for the crack? <laughs> Why do you still do it? I think because I miss that. Because I miss, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity to, to do something for um, an incredibly worthwhile cause, but also put myself through a little bit of pain. I mean, there you can see some of the families that we support, um, whether it's a, a dad in that one, it was Tony, that's young Theo, um, all dealing with, with brain tumors, so it's those young families. But for them, they're the reason we go out there. But also for me, slightly selfishly, it's, it's a chance to have another challenge, you know, when you're away from the game, that competition you miss. Um, but being a part of a team, again as well you know so the 14 of us going across Vietnam and Cambodia for a chance to to have a common goal and and, and striving for that at the end is 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 also something that I crave and, and this is a great way of, of finding it again. It's a great challenge it's a brilliant charity at um, uh, BT Sport Rugby tonight all the information is there and on yeah. your website too at the Lewis Moody Foundation uh, has all the uh, explainers there how you can get involved and how Absolutely. you can donate and make loads of money. I want you to sit that old body there in, uh, on that nice comfy sofa because Oz wants to have a bit of a chat with you there. Lovely. Back yeah, well, actually, we asked everyone earlier with Billy Vunapola now injured and out for up to four months. We wanted the viewers to get involved. We want to have a bit of a discussion, a bit of a debate. We've had loads of stuff at Rugby tonight, loads of tweets in. This is from Grace Cullen. Jack Clifford was brilliant at the weekend. Surely in with a shout. We can go into him in a bit time. Uh, we've got, uh, this is from Ben Pinnock. Um, he thinks that Ben Morgan, 100% with current form, puts the team on the front foot, should get the chance under Eddie Jones. And finally, Mick uh, Fairley, Fairley, uh, he might be Irish. Uh, Nathan Hughes's form in the Premiership this season has been, not been that scintillating, but seems obvious choice to bash the Aussies. So I think it's worth a chat. I mean, Ben, who would you go for? I mean, there's loads of choices. I think like for like, you'd go for, for Nathan Hughes. I'd agree with that point that he hasn't been as good form as he was last year. And when they lost Billy Vunapola and they had Tiamana Harrison come on, they didn't look the same side at, at the weekend. They missed that ball carrier that, that can get you over the game line. He's not someone, he's not the same entirely as, as Billy Vunapola. I think sort of that tight, when he's got no momentum, he's not going to give you the same go forward as Billy does. But I think Eddie will go for him. I wonder if the mind games that Eddie plays this week with Nathan Hughes, he may just say to him, look, we need you now. This is your big opportunity. You've waited for a long time. 
You see, it's been interesting watching Hughes when, he, when he's come off the bench into the game. Actually, he's been, for, for me, quite sluggish around the pitch. You know, he's been playing out of position. Mm, yeah. So maybe that's why. But if we get a chance to see him at number eight, he can be so destructive. You know, he's, he's not quite as good as, uh, as a Vunapola, but he certainly gives you that go-forward ability. Um, you know, I'm pretty confident that's who we'll see starting. But, you know, Clifford is coming back into it now. He's, he's only had one game back, really, so not quite um, at the races yet. But this is, this is what this guy can offer when he's on form, which we haven't seen from him in an England shirt yet. And I don't know what you guys are like, but for me, like a Harrison or a Hughes, you want to see take that opportunity, and they've not quite done it yet. Certainly Harrison didn't at the weekend. I'd love to see Hughes play like this in an England shirt. Do you think Jack Clifford's injury has kind of ruled him out of a shot this time? Um, is that what the... Yeah, I think it's probably just come a little bit too early for him to start. Whether he'll get back in on the bench um, is... You know, obviously up for consideration. Uh, he was brilliant uh, at the weekend, and I thought it tapered off a little bit just before his injury. Um, he wasn't quite the player he was at you know in the lead up to the World Cup. We were saying maybe they've got to take this guy. Uh, he wasn't as good last year, but um, you know, if that's anything to go by as, as one of your first performances back from a, from a fairly long term injury. Lewis, sorry to go. What, just, what about Josh Beaumont? I mean, how does he compare to you know to Clifford and to Morgan and to Hughes? Yeah, well, I think you know Morgan's probably in better form, but but Beaumont's again another big ball carrier. He can he can offload as well. You know, he's one of those players. You know, I don't think he'll he'll be involved at the minute, but he's certainly pushing. You know, competition for places. You want guys that are testing it. You know, he's he's dynamic. He's obviously a big old unit, as we can see there. He's not he's not scared of putting it about, and that's what you want in in your back rows. But you've got to have that have that balance, and uh, you know. Beaumont won't be involved this time around, but certainly he's pushing some of those guys. Which I, is what I think Eddie have. Jones sees Beaumont more as a second row, but he's not going to play there because Sale see him as so integral as a number eight. He might sort of, you know, lose out because, you know, he's not playing in, in the position that Eddie Jones sees him more as. But it's interesting with Morgan playing so well at the minute. You know, it's just one of those coaches have favourites, don't they? And obviously Morgan isn't one of those. You know, he's. he's you know, you struggled, you know, over the years with, with falling out with coaches. And, you know, obviously Morgan, Morgan's done something. And you, you'll see him here. You know, his, his form's been, been cracking of late. And actually, you know, when he was dropped out of the England squad, um, you know, his form wasn't that bad either. So, you know, is there something else going on behind the scenes? I think he's always upped his game when he's had a white shirt on, Morgan. Yeah. I think he's always played better for England than often he does for Gloucester. But the big overriding thing is... We know Billy Vunapola is a massive loss for England and for Saracens, and the sooner he gets fit, the better. Can I ask guys, just very quickly, will England's game plan change without Billy? How much relies on those big carries? He well, it'll have to, because the Vunapola brothers really ran around the field as a pair. They got into static gain line situations and made it positive carries. It'd be interesting to see how Mako plays with a different ball carrier. Maybe it's actually you pairing him up with someone, maybe even someone like Thomas Waldrum, who is very good at static slow ball because of the way he carries, with his legs quite deep from his shoulders, and he always seems to make the gain line. And that's effectively what they want. They want someone who restarts the game from slow ball and there's no one better in world rugby than Billy Vanapola at doing that. But also Ben Youngs, you know, Ben Youngs has the ability to put these guys through holes for me and, and he's done that with Mako and, and Billy, Billy all the time. So actually whoever fits in there, as long as Ben's playing well, he'll still give you that go forward and get whoever it is over the game.
Well, it's that part of the show where we analyse and do the team talks for our respective teams. This week, I'm taking on Northampton, so all the players from Northampton and all the supporters and coaches will be delighted that an ex-Tiger is really trying to analyse where they're going to go this weekend at Welford Road. Now, one thing I will say is that Saints have been very, very good at the set-piece all season long. They top most of the stats, particularly in the scrum. Scrum average six point in the first. Uh, they hardly lose any scrums their first, and they steal quite a few as well. So they're second in that, they're 92%. They've got to play to their strengths this weekend. They have to take on... Leicester at the set piece, particularly at the line-out where they can attack Kitchener because so far this season they've been way too lateral and the stats really tell you that story. They're fifth in total phases. But if you look what we've been doing with the ball, they've only been scoring 17.7 points, which is really low. Tries 1.4, it's worst in the league. Meters is 11th. Clean breaks 5, it's still 10th out of all the 12 sides. Defenders beaten, again, last to Saints. And gain line success, 41%. If we take a look at an example that really highlights it, I think they've really lost the way of continuity and we have to regain that this weekend by simplifying the game, going back to basics. It's too easy as one-off static carriers to be smashed. If you can tip the ball on this weekend and attack Freddie Burns' channel, you've got the opportunity to make a lot of ground, but have to play slightly wider out and less lateral. And to basically go back to the game plan, if you keep getting knocked back and knocked back, look how far away we are against Newcastle from the game line. We're a full 20 metres back now. We have to make the right decision here. This ball either can go high in the air for a kick to compete on Worth, a young fullback, or to the corner, to the territory, to a line-out, where we have proven that we are very, very strong. So, game plan in a simple sense, simplify the game. One-off runners at pace with physicality, slightly wider from the guard and bodyguard defender, tipping it on, able to carry. Kick for more territory more often. Get the ball in front of the forwards and push the Leicester pack back. Slow the game down. Make Welford Road get on the back of their team. Get the ball off the pitch. Attack the line-out. Mention Kitchener. Most of the ball in the line-out goes to Kitchener. Let's double up on him and see if we can take some steals. We've done it before. We're top of that league of steals. Isolate Worth. If we don't get the ball off the field, he's an inexperienced fullback, and we can try and isolate him and turn him over. Pile that first breakdown if he's trying to counter-attack. And in terms of our own attack, like I said, play off nine. Get that ball tipped on. One extra pass into the 10 channel. Burns has only got a 24% success rate on winning the tackle. We will make ground in his channel. Try and tip on early, as I've mentioned. And if we don't make the gain line, if we aren't winning those collisions, kick the ball away, kick it into the corners and apply pressure at the set piece. We're one of the best in the league. From a Leicester perspective, it's about flipping it on exactly what Austin's been talking about on its head and not giving a Northampton team lacking in confidence a foothold into the game. How do you do that? Big shots in defence to slow the ball, but you don't want to be over-competing at the breakdown. So how you, you don't, they're a momentum side, you don't want them to get on the front foot. So let's have 15 players on their feet, means we can make big tackles because of that lack of an offload threat. Those stats that Austin pulled up, 17.7 average points per game, that's 10th in the league, but bottom for scoring tries. So a lot of their wins have come from getting penalties. Also, when they do score tries, they come off the line-out. 10 out of 13 have come off the line-out. So let's have a look at our discipline 
because if we don't compete at the breakdown, we're less likely to give away penalties. If we play the field position, we're down in their half. They're not in kickable range. And if we're not giving away penalties, they can't kick to the, to the sidelines and get those tries off the lineouts they've been scoring. In terms of Leicester's attack, they've got a poor line speed. They're not getting off the line like they used to. We were, they were renowned for Courtney Laws, people like that hitting in midfield, stopping you getting any momentum. They've now got a pretty negative drift going off the, across the field. That means there's easy metres to be made out wide, which we can take. Worcester took as well. The final thing in attack is attack the 13 channel. Because of that, they jam the brakes on when they come up. It means that if a late decision can be made by R10, particularly on a bit of a drift around, you can either put it through, the, through a guy running between two players or in behind. Well, it's a big weekend, a big local derby. And as we said before, Northampton not having the best season, but often you go to Welford Road, you get a win. It can really define where you're at. Yeah. How'll it go, Lewis? <sighs> Mate, I can, I can only go one way, really. That's for the that's for the Tigers, especially the way that the Saints are playing at the minute. But my old uh, my old team, I'd have to I'd have to support in that one. What about your predictions for the rest of the weekend, gents? Well, some difficult games actually to yeah. call, particularly with the way sides are playing. Some sides coming back into form, um, and I think we've gone different on quite a few, haven't we? I think, well, I'm not sure, but I, I think there's two main games where the bookies can't call it. They've got a one-point game for each, and that's the top two. Uh, Austin and I have agreed uh, on all of them, apart from the top one. I think the Sharks at home could pull out a, a win, despite Exeter coming right back into form last week. Yeah, Exeter not got a great record up there, but they are starting to play in the way that they were last season. They're starting to be really unpredictable around the breakdown, got a lot of big ball carriers, Ewers back. I just think Exeter are going to really start moving up the league, and Sale's defence really has not been very good in the last few weeks. Is no one seeing Bristol's progression upwards? You know, they're going to get a win. You feel it's going to come. I, I hope they get a win. I hope they get a win. You know, after all the, the years uh, of effort they put in in the championship to finally get into the premiership and then lose that first game of the season, which was a real turning point, you know, they've just then gone, they've struggled and struggled. But they, they are, they are creeping up there, but it's, it's mm. going to be a lot. Thanks for listening to the Rugby Tonight podcast. We'll be back again in a couple of weeks. See you then. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.